0: Welcome to Weaver Beyond the Numbers, where Weaver professionals talk about business and accounting. We'll explore a wide variety of topics from tax law and accounting standard changes to managing cyber, fraud, financial, and operational risks. What do these issues mean to your business? Join us as we go beyond the numbers to find out. Welcome to the Weaver On-Chain podcast series. I'm your host, Tim Savage, and I lead Weaver's blockchain and digital assets practice. In this series, we dive into various topics in the blockchain industry, and each show features guest speakers who are deeply involved in the space. On our show today, we have Shihan Chandrasekhar, Head of Tax Strategy with Cointracker. Shihan is one of the handful of CPAs in the country who is recognized as a subject matter expert in cryptocurrency taxation. He is the Head of Tax Strategy at Cointracker, a Forbes crypto tax analyst, and a CPA instructor who has won multiple awards, including the 2020 and 2019 CPA Practice Advisor, 40 Under 40, Outstanding Young CPA of the Year, and Rising Star of Texas. Han is a renowned speaker who has presented for many organizations, including Google, Coinbase, Square, Consensus, Coindesk, Lyft, AICPA, American Bar Association, among many others. Shehan super thrilled to have you on the show today.
1: Yeah, thanks for uh, having me.
0: So as we always do, i love to just kick it off with hearing some about your background and how you got interested in the crypto space.
1: My background is a CPA. I uh, got into crypto in 2016, 2017 time period. Uh, I was working for Lee Conning. Uh, one of my coworkers shared his crypto story. Um, at that time, I was investing in stocks and stuff like that. I was a little bit skeptical about crypto. Um, then I started researching, uh, how cryptocurrency should be taxed, realized there was not much content uh, around that topic. Then wrote an article that got published on tax advisor. Uh, and back then that was a, that was a big deal because I was, I was junior to mid, uh, in, in my career. And then I started investing in, in crypto. Um, later, I guess several years later, I started my own practice focused on crypto clients, then realized it's really hard to do these reconciliations manually, um, then kind of started going into the software space, started building one, um, and then that company failed and then joined CoinTracker as a head of tax strategy, and, and here I am.
0: It's a, it's a long road down the crypto uh, journey, but we all have our kind of paths that, that we go down and I know where you're at right now, it's, it's really impressive. And again, your background is super impressive. Can you help us understand kind of what Cointracker does and the solutions they currently provide and maybe where they're going? I often point people to Cointracker as a great solution for uh, further tax reporting.
1: Sure. Um, so Cointracker is a software tool uh, that connects with your wallets and exchanges and automatically reconcile your capital gains and capital losses. Especially if you have multiple wallets and exchanges, it's really hard for you to reconcile those numbers manually. And, and we do that automatically for you. You just have to connect your wallets and exchanges, uh, to CoinTracker. Um, and then you can download the tax report and share those tax reports with your accountant, uh, or you can file, uh, using a software like, you know, TurboTax or any other tax software. So, providing those tax reports is one service. The other service that we have is we allow you to track your portfolio, the crypto portfolio across multiple wallets and exchanges. So we have a nice mobile app. Uh, when you you know fire up your app, you can see uh, your you know crypto net worth, how much you paid for each coin, and etc. So, uh, CoinTracker again, just to summarize, your crypto tax software company. And, and also we have a portfolio product uh, that allows you to see your net worth across multiple wallets and exchanges.
0: Having used the product personally, um, I can say that it, it really does save a significant amount of time. And you know that as taxpayers in the U.S., it's incumbent on us individually to keep good documents and records of our and all tax transactions, particularly with crypto, though, uh, that can be a challenge. And, you know, why is that? Well, a couple of reasons. Um, you know, it's largely a gray area. It's a new space that's being pioneered. We lack strong policy and regulation. And, um, you know, the IRS has put out some, uh, some guidance, a few, um, revenue procedures or not even rev procs, but just revenue, um, uh, Practice aids basically and some FAQs. Basically, what they say is crypto is, is classified as property, um, primarily intangible property, meaning that, you know, you get kind of like a stock. If you buy it and sell it, you have your short term and long term capital gains. But because it's property and not currency, you know, every exchange you go through, uh, generates a taxable transaction, or if you use it uh, to purchase something that is a taxable transaction. Do you see that as a challenge in in the current industry and environment that we're in? Yeah, that property classification
1: is a challenge. Uh, Like you said, every time you touch cryptocurrency, that triggers a taxable event. Like you said, you know, when you cash out, that triggers taxable event. Even when you convert or exchange one coin to another, which is a very common transaction in the crypto space, that also triggers taxes. Um, and even when you spend, uh, your coins, uh, to buy a good or service, uh, could be even like a cup of coffee. That triggers taxable event. When you earn cryptocurrencies through wagers, so staking income or you know, DeFi or interest income, that triggers taxable event. And then finally, uh when you get crypto without you doing anything like uh when you get airdropped crypto when you go to a hard fork and end up having new coin, that also triggers a tax deployment. So that property you know treatment uh creates a lot of hassle uh for taxpayers and especially you know people who are coming into this space new have no idea about these tax implications. Uh, and then they later find out and and sometimes they had to go back and, uh, and amend the returns and um, so yeah people can get into a lot of trouble uh, if they don't know about uh, the tax implications
0: related to cryptocurrencies. I know so many folks who you know they want to start trading or at least just investing in cryptocurrencies and um, not realizing the burden of all this tracking and you know again, it, the responsibility of keeping good basis documents and recording your proceeds and fair market value. And, um, you know, that's what CoinTracker does, right? You come in and you, um, you're able to integrate all of that data together and it might not always be perfect because, uh, you know, people have to, might be forgetting some of their own transactions, but either way it gets you by and large, very close to where you need to go. Right.
1: Yeah. So I think the best way to kind of uh, describe the problem is, is if you look at this, the stock space, if you, if you trade something on Robinhood or TDM and trade, at the end of the year, you log into the Robinhood account, you go to that tax center, you download this form called form 1099-B. Uh, this form clearly summarizes how much you paid for each stock, uh, when you purchased it, when you sold it, uh, your sales price and everything that you need to comply with your taxes. All you had to do is you just put those numbers into like some software like TurboTax. So you just hand in that form to the CPA and you're done. But in the crypto space, it doesn't happen. Uh, typical crypto user have three to five wallets and exchanges. So some of these crypto exchanges, they don't have any 1099 reporting obligations. So therefore you don't get any type of tax forms. If you're using self custody type of wallets, like, you know, MetaMask and Phantom, they don't do any type of reporting because these are software programs. These are not brokers. So in that type of situation, it becomes your responsibility to reconcile everything that you're doing across centralized exchanges, decentralized exchanges, and self-custody wallets, account for transfers, and apply the tax rules and figure out your annual capital gains and losses on, on which you had to pay taxes on. And figuring that out for average taxpayer in the U.S. is a very cumbersome task, uh, and that's the problem that CoinTracker is solving. So all you had to do is just kind of connect all your wallets and exchanges to CoinTracker, and we re- reconcile your activity and give
0: you uh, the capital gain amount that you had to pay taxes on. That's excellent, excellent summary. And I think a lot of people too. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that the, the multiple wallets because that is uh, a pretty, I think, good statistic to keep in mind. Because a lot of people will say. You know, I use Coinbase and Coinbase kind of, they do have their own reporting system. Again, it's not perfect, but the moment that you, you take your crypto off or, or transfer it over to a different wallet, well, now you have a second side of that transaction that you've got to account for. And that's really important. So if you're forgetting that, you know, way back when you still have this crypto or even transacted, you know, in, on another exchange or participant in, in DeFi, Well, um, you know, that's, again, the corn tracker will will take all of that activity as long as you link it up and then integrate it together. And when I first saw that solution, it blew my mind because I was still doing a lot of manual tracking uh, just personally and, um, you know, plugged in the numbers. And boom, all of a sudden it's right there, uh, pretty instant. So it's truly impressive.
1: Yeah, I mean this this uh crypto tax software space has evolved. Um I think especially since 2016, 2017 time period, obviously there are multiple players in the market. Um I mean we are super fortunate and and humbly proud to partner up with some of the the leaders in the space uh like Coinbase's of the world, Intuit, um you know, block and Ablock, etc. Um so yeah, uh, look, I'm looking forward to uh to the future of this space.
0: Very good. Maybe revisiting this classification of, of property for cryptocurrencies. Do you feel that a broad categorization of all crypto assets as property is is the proper classification?
1: Uh, the simple answer is no. Uh, I think the uh, we have spoken to some of the IRS officials anecdotally about this situation. When IRS came up with the 2014-21 guidance in 20, 2014, uh, at that time, you only had Bitcoin. So at that time, that classification totally made sense. Uh, but since 2014, uh, we, we saw you know, NFTs, we saw the boom of DeFi, um, we saw the boom of you know, derivative contracts and options, uh, you know, futures, perpetual futures, and, and some of the instruments that we don't even find in the regular finance space. Uh, and, and plus, uh, the, the, stable coin. So now it's time to kind of look into each of those categories and, and see, uh, if that, you know, vanilla property treatment, uh, is, uh, applicable or not, like, you know, universally. In my opinion, it's, it, it's, it shouldn't not be applied to, to all, uh, all the assets. Um, but at the same time, kind of looking into each of the assets, uh, Is also a you know very hard policy problem to solve uh, because as they, they think about policies, there are new types of assets classes are being emerged. So it's really, it's really hard for the regulators to kind of police this space because of reasons.
0: Yeah, I think that you know, it reminds me of the, the Biden EO that just came out a few weeks ago, and which I was actually very pleased with. Uh, just the notion of hey, regulators go out and just study the space. And it might be that we have the SEC or CFTC regulating. Um, I personally think we just need our own standalone, you know, digital asset commission or something similar. And we need that policy to be to provide us the clarity and identification of these these the various types of crypto assets. I mean, are they true currencies? Are they more like commodities? Are they securities and derivatives or equity? Um, you know, some. Some NFTs are based on real properties. We have all these different use cases quickly growing and spreading out. And it's the, the industry has just evolved way faster than our regulation and policy can keep up with. Okay. So you mentioned the 1099B. Do you think we'll have maybe an equivalent in crypto in the next year or two?
1: Yeah. I think, um, Infrastructure bill passed, um, it mandated, uh, brokers in simple terms, cryptocurrency exchanges to issue something equivalent to a form 1099B effective 2023 tax year. So if everything were to work fine, uh, hopefully in 2024 Q1, uh, you can download these, you know, form 1099Bs from, from these crypto exchanges. Uh, now that's in a, in a perfect world. Uh, because exchanges are still waiting for regulations to be issued, uh, because when you, when you issue a law, like, you know, that kind of defines how things should be done at a high level, but the regulation kind of further define how they should be executed. Those regulations still haven't been issued and we're, we have like roughly six months left going into 2022 tax year. So a lot of people are expecting, um, uh, the, the first wave of 1099s to go in actually for the 2024 tax year. Um, so 1099, coming back to, to the topic, uh, generally it's a good concept uh, if you're using just one cryptocurrency exchange and if that exchange is providing you with a clear tax information, uh, that's going to improve your tax compliance because it makes your tax compliance easier. right? You don't need any type of tool. However, the crypto space is so different. Uh, it's very fluid. So typical, uh, you know, crypto user has three to five wallets and exchanges, and there's a lot of transfers that happen between those wallets and exchanges. Unfortunately, 1099 bs can only capture what you are doing inside that one exchange. So let me give you an example. Let's say you purchased one Bitcoin several years ago and you held on your ledger, you know, hardware wallet. Um, in, let's say 2024, you transferred it to your Coinbase account and you sold it for, let's say, $100,000. So the 1099B that's going to get issued by the Coinbase will show you that, you know, you sold Bitcoin for 100,000, but it's not going to report to you the cost basis because you didn't buy that Bitcoin inside cost, inside Coinbase. So for those reasons, the 1099s that you're going to see when you have multiple wallets and exchanges going to be inaccurate. And incomplete in most cases, so you will still have to do some type of reconciliation um, if you're somebody who who has
0: more than exchange uh, or exchange more than one exchange or wallet. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing rumors uh, about a new form 1099 DA. Have you also heard about that?
1: Yes, there, there, there's a rumor uh, on uh, saying that there's going to be like a new 1099 form uh, that's going to be specific to crypto. Um, I don't know the, the exact designation. Uh, some people say it's going to be 1099 crypto, uh, and DA for the digital assets. Uh, we'll have to wait and see what they come up with. Uh, yeah, it could be a different form, but I think the information that the exchanges need to report will be very similar to stocks. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Agreed. Um, what about? Yeah, you know, like the lightning network. And as we get more layer two protocols developed and even layer three applications on top of that, how, how do you see coin tracker being able to, to manage all of that activity as well?
1: Yeah. So there's. Innovation uh, happening in this space, like uh, I would say, every week, which is which is great. Um, I think every company uh knows that, and it's really hard for any company to kind of uh, catch up with all this innovation because by the time you support like certain type of network, uh, there's a new network that's being a- adapted because it has faster transaction, uh, or like a less fees and stuff like that, um. So, you know, we are actually looking into, you know, L2s and different types of NFTs and, and different type of transactions that we want to support. We typically prioritize the the product improvements based on the feedback that we get from our users and our feedback pages are like, you know, kind of public. If you go to kenny.com slash coin tracker, uh, you can kind of upvote for certain features. So we typically prioritize the features that have been upvoted uh, the most number of amount of, uh, the pages for, for which the, our users have afforded, um the, the most number of times. So that's how we kind of uh, define our uh, roadmap.
0: Very cool. And then I know we're kind of actually getting close to time here. Um, well, I guess one last question from me, and then I'd like to just open the floor to whatever you, you wanted to close with. Um, but you're obviously keeping up with all the policy and reg changes. Uh, one interesting uh, piece of legislation that is, being introduced, I don't know if it'll be successful or not. But the concept of you know a certain threshold—if you start paying uh, your vendors or paying other people buying that cup of coffee in cryptocurrency—if it's under, so let's say, two hundred dollars of fair market value, it actually won't be a, a, a taxable transaction. That's a very interesting take on um, you know some policy that that we could see. Are you, or I guess, as Coin Tracker? Keeping up with all of that, and how nimble are you in in integrating that into your your software and, and solutions as that actually um, gets uh, passed and, and realized in the world?
1: Yeah, so we saw that de minimis rule uh, appearing, I think, several years ago. Uh, somehow it got stuck in the reg- you know regulatory process, and um, I see discussions uh, surrounding that, like like I think this week or like past couple of weeks. So the idea is that if you spend um, uh, you know, less than $600 worth of crypto to, to buy like something like a, let's say like a cup of coffee or something like that. That sh- is not a taxable event. Um, generally speaking, we are very supportive, uh, of anything that's pro taxpayer. And, um, uh, I, I obviously this is a pro taxpayer move and this is going to increase the usage of cryptocurrency as a currency, uh, at least, you know, if it's under 600 bucks. Um, the, the system that we have built is very flexible and it's very easy to make those changes. Uh, for example, I think last year, uh, we saw the huge boom in NFTs and we were one of the first software companies that the NFT support. Um, and then we ended up becoming the exclusive, uh, crypto tax partner for OpenSea after several months later because, because, because of the product quality. So we are flexible. Uh, we are generally very supportive of, uh, anything that, which is, uh, pro taxpayer.
0: Very good. Well, anything you'd like to close with?
1: Um, I would say uh, again, r- right now it's you might feel like this is you know crypto is going down, and you know, it's not going anywhere. Uh, I, I think as somebody who's been in the space for several years, what I can tell you is that uh, this market is re- very cyclical. Um, you know, if you want to en- end up becoming you know super wealthy in, in this market, again, not investment advice you know make sure you you place your bets when nobody's talking
0: about uh crypto uh that's the best the best time for you to get into the market all right well shihan thank you again for being on the show i would love to have you on again hopefully soon um in the meantime uh, i know you'll keep doing your thing and and uh we'll talk soon yeah thanks Tim, for having me